Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. The podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Guys, welcome back. Another great episode for you here. I have Vitalized Seed co-founder Al Tomechko, aka the HP Soil Guy, on the podcast. Now is fall food plot planting, guys. Al put in 20 acres of Vitalize this fall uh, with many different ways of planting. Um, And we're going to cover that with him, Brian, Greg. uh, Those guys were down there helping too. But I talked with Al today. The first half we're talking planting and no-till drills. You know, that meant, you know, that much seed at one time. How do you get that done? Timing and efficiency. Uh, we talk about how I use my truck to as a call to packer when I didn't have my packer max. That worked out pretty cool, pretty well. Um, and then we go into Vitalize Seed new products. We talk about three new products, guys, that are on the website. Brand new products. Uh, we wanted to make sure we did all the testing prior to releasing a new product, which is why we haven't came out with very many new products since the inception of the company. Uh, but many more to come because we're testing more new ones now as as well. But right now we have three that are 110% awesome on the website. So we're going to cover those in the second half of the podcast. So hope you guys are doing well. Hope your fall food plots are in. If they're not, obviously um, get them in, you know, up until November. I'm sorry, September 1st can be a, a good time around here. Um, I'll even hit some cereal grains after that sometimes to fill in some spots. But it's not too late, especially if you're down south. You've got our, our buddy Riley and, and Jeremy. Those boys down there, they're not playing until, you know, October. Uh, so those guys are still fine. But um, either way, I know what's on your mind, fall food plots. Uh, it, at least for most of us, it is. So 
we're getting to that and uh, just really, you know, having some really good rain right now in southern Michigan. I mean, I swear Mother Nature's making up for it because it's just consistent and great over an inch, you know, in the past 48 hours, um, maybe 72 hours there. The the vitalized plots look phenomenal. Um, yeah, so we've been busy, been working a lot of stuff. The school starts next week. Um, basketball, just got done with the girls. I coached that. So, yeah, I've been, been real busy. Hope you guys are, are doing well. Habitat is on the mind. I don't know about you, but deer hunting is kind of taking over my brain, uh, like like strategizing and trying to get this stuff figured out for deer season. It's it's bad right now. Um, very ADD with the whole thing, to be honest with you. I have been on two other podcasts in the last week. If you haven't heard yet, check out Deer Hunter Podcast. It's my friend Kevin who ran that podcast. Um, he's been around quite a long time. Learned a lot from him. One of the one of the main podcasts that I listen to uh, is his podcast. And then my other friend, uh, Adam Miller at Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. So Bowhunter Chronicles, uh, Adam and, and John over there. Great podcast, both Michiganders. I was up actually up at Adam's property in the UP on my family camping trip. I took a morning, buzzed about two hours south from the campground and met up with Adam on their 240-acre piece in the Upper Peninsula, Wisconsin border area. And um, we talk about that on his podcast over at Bowhunter Chronicles. So Either way, guys, all of us are going nuts. Deer season's coming up. We got some cool trips planned this fall. And um, thanks for coming back to the Habitat Podcast. So let's get into it now uh, with a couple of our partners. And um, we'll get right into the show here. This podcast is brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. Guys, right now, Exodus is running their Velvet Fest. Okay. Through August 19th. That's a couple days left. That's it. Every camera order comes with a scratch-off card that could save you 15 to 25% on your next camera or arrow purchase. You can use hashtag VelvetFest on social media to win prizes throughout the online event. They're going to send out Exodus gear to random people that participate. If you watch our social media, you saw a gigantic buck uh, in the VelvetFest hashtag today on Facebook from, from HP because... This is a great campaign, guys. Exodus literally is kicking off the season here with their Velvet Fest. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty jacked. If you use code HP at checkout, that'll save you 15%. So what you can do, you know, you get Velvet Fest also has a discount. This one's separate. It helps you track if you're an HP listener, 15% off. And then you get the discounts on the card, the scratch off card to send you with your first camera order. Um, I'm going to be shooting their NIS arrows this year, brand new arrows, that company. They're similar to the five millimeter in terms of diameter for arrows. So I'll be shooting those. Had really good luck with their MMT arrows up at the Total Archery Challenge and last fall, you know, breaking that leg on that doe I shot. Their arrows are very high quality. I'm very pumped to see them and get my new um, Exodus Rivals, the new cell cameras in the woods this fall. So guys, Velvet Fest, a couple more days here and this will be obsolete. Check them out, exodus.yourgear, code HP at checkout. All right, guys, back another episode of the Habitat Podcast. We have a returning guest who's been on here once or twice before, Mr. Albert Tomechko from Vitalized Seed Company. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, just got back from our week-long camping trip with the kids and uh, hauling the camper all over the great white north country of Michigan. And uh, my food plots were in before that, for the most part. Still got a few to wrap up, but the most part, we've been getting some healthy rain. The the plots are looking really good. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, doing good. Just catching up this week after a week off. I feel like the only one getting punished is me for taking a week off. So oh yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know how that goes, right? It's you like you never take a whole week off. You're an hour off to do a podcast. 
Yeah, exactly. And now I'm trying to, uh, I think I'm, I think it's like the fourth podcast of the week. Yeah. I've been on a couple other ones and, and then all the work stuff. It's like this year, I actually tried to take a week and not look at my computer for, for very much, which I never do. And, um, I made it till about Thursday. Then I had to fire it up, but anywho, back at a buddy. I know you've been, you've been busy. You and Brian, uh, tell me about your food plot weekend if you can even call it a weekend it was a grind yeah yeah so we um got set up well you know got everything set up thursday um one of the things with the drills you know i mean i it, it's an amazing tool but you get a lot of guys if you look on any web any forum or website they're like hey what's setting for this drill or for this seed mixer for this and although you can get close with that you still got to take the time to calibrate you know and i have a tar river which is a lower end drill um as far as the quality goes you know the grade steel on it my buddy greg was there helping us as well and um, i think he said most of it's like the bolts are like grade three so we're upgrading a lot of that um you know as things break we bought a whole bunch of hardware and we're just going to be like yeah whatever i think i think it was either grade five or eight was available at the local hardware store which it's like well that's at least better you know yeah, grade eight's so, good yeah. yeah so so we're like trying to upgrade everything um you know kind of as we go but you have to take the time to calibrate, you know, and that's one of the things it's like, especially every mix, you know, like our mixes, we give general recommendations, but you know, on, on uh, one gentleman's farm in, in West Virginia, where he has so many deer, he's 25, 30 deer a night in his fields. It's like, he might want to be higher anyways on the seeding rate and somebody else might be lower and, and what have you. So we take the time to calibrate and um, it took us probably, oh gosh, yeah, hour and a half, maybe. Now we did do some other things there too. We tightened some bolts down that had um, seemed a little bit loose. We made sure one of the things on the Tar River drills is really making sure all the coulters are aligned with your double disc um, because yeah. it's kind of it's not a, a welded assembly; it's a bolted assembly, um, which in, in a way I kind of like, right? Because if if a U bolt breaks, it's easy to have a couple spares of U bolts and, and stuff, and you can just pop it on. And as long as you have like I think I have a $14 laser level that I bought off Amazon. And like, if you have a flat circuit, you can lay that down and literally cut the colter and the double disc and be like, yeah, it's in line and put tighten that thing down with some Loctite and you're good to go again. Whereas like, if it's a welded assembly and it breaks now, maybe it's less likely to break, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're dead in the water then, unless you have a welder with you and you know what the hell you're doing. So, um, so that took some time, you know, get everything set up and then, uh, we ran until Friday night. Um, I think I pulled the tractor in the barn at 9.30. So got a brand new food plot, a um, few acres. I had to put about, I don't even know, I, I forget how much lime we put down. 2,000 pounds maybe? Um, got a, a harrow drag that we actually used for the gravel driveway. But uh, Brian, I think it was Brian was running the line. Greg was dragging it in on the other machine. Um, and then I was on the tractor and I just was waiting. And once they drug in like three or four passes, I'd start drilling behind them because it was getting dark. And I mean, the tractor has lights on and stuff, but half the lights get hit, half the lights hit the bucket, you know? So okay. it's like, and it's a brand new field. So it's not like I'm overly familiar with it. So I was just wanting to get it done. Um, but we got that in Friday night and two other fields planted Friday um, before the sunset, which was fine. Um, and then we just kept hammering, man. And, you know, between drive time and drilling takes some time, you know, you, you, you gotta 
take your time. You're planting probably three miles an hour on average, maybe a little bit faster on straightaway. So it took some time. So we finished up everything um, late Saturday. Uh, okay. And then, and then of That's course, not bad then. no, it was, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, you know, that included filling the tractor up a couple of times, you know, like I said, drive time, um, filling the, refilling the drill a few times, you know, all that type of stuff. We did do a couple uh, plots in broadcast method. They're just, it's not worth getting the tractor down into them. They're very small. Um, and we ate like Kings, you know, Brian Cook, Greg Cook. I could, we, so it was a great time. It was a great time with some good friends and, we ended up getting um, quite a few acres, you know, in the ground, um, which was really exciting. So what percentage of food are you on your property now, would you say, for food plot, not counting woody browse, obviously, from timber work? Oh, um, well. Or give me the numbers. I'll run the calculator. Yeah. So just just for ease of numbers, use 400 acres, and we're at about 15 acres in food plots. So about 4%, maybe? Yeah, probably. Right? 3.75%. We're, we're still lower than what you would strive for, right? But like 10, yeah. 10%. 10, 40 10, acres? No, 10, that's, that'd 20. be over. Yeah, be a thousand, let's see. No, 10%. 10% would be 40, 40 acres. acres. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of food. So um, I don't know how how accurate those calculations. See, but here's where it gets a little bit skewed on that, too. Like we have And it's 10% even the right number for your farm, right? Like. Well, and the other thing too, to keep in mind on that is like, I'm talking about food that we physically planted, right? but we have power lines and some trails and stuff that are like perennial clover, let's say, you know, there's some fescue and stuff in there, but there, there could be another 20 acres roughly of that type of, um, good green browsable forage for the deer that are way too steep to get a tractor into, but they're still kind of acting as a food plot, if you will. You know, you use a, you could go in there with clothidim and backpack sprayed or something like that. And maybe someday we will to, to maximize that. Um, so we could probably get a little bit closer if we ran all the Onyx maps on those numbers. But, sure. but yeah, I mean, you you know, and we're not quite to 400 either, but still, we're probably close to that 5 to 7%. Because I think it's um, between owning and leasing, I think we're at like 360. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're not looking too bad, man. Um, and nothing too terrible in terms of breakdowns or, or setbacks. Like you said, you guys had a couple things, but yeah, nothing. I mean, knock on wood, but you're right. We had, um, one of the double disassembly nuts needed, um, adjusted and the coulters needed tightened down a little bit. Um, and like a bolt or two, we, we popped that new bolt, but I mean, overall, um, or a nut or two, excuse me. Uh, overall, I mean, it was, it ran great, you know, and that's, in, in all honesty, Jared, that's just us being rushing and always trying to get so much done. Cause that's the third time we've planted, not quite that much, uh, property. This was the most we've ever planted, but that's the third time we've planted now with that drill. And we probably had, should have done like a total once over each time we've planted and tightened everything down and loctited everything. We're kind of doing it like reactively, like as something, sure. yeah, put it, you know, put some loctite, tighten that back down. And so, um, but yeah, overall, I've been real happy with the the drill. I mean, for the money, again, it's what, well, at least when I bought it, it was one third the cost of a Great Plains. Um, not saying I wouldn't love to have a Great Plains. I think they're superior, but I mean, for one third the cost, I could buy two more just for parts and still be, you know, being the green, if you will. Um, and then uh, they're, they're just, I would say 60% less, maybe something like that than a, than a um, Genesis. Okay. 
So quite a, quite a, you know, I think they've gone up in price. I'm talking about when I was shopping. So this would have been, I think I put the down payment down for that in 2020. And then it took like seven months to get. Wow. Yeah, yeah. but still, you're still doing 15 plus acres in like less than three days. Uh, you're doing more than just driving a tractor. You guys are doing other stuff too. It's like, that's pretty efficient. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty good stuff versus if you were to try to go till or disc all that or, or whatever, right. You'd be there for, or what, what did Brian say? He used to do a couple acres. Yeah. He said like, I think he said three or four acres or three to five or two to five. And he's like, dude, it took, by the time you go back, change an implement, you know, it took two, three days, you yeah. know, put in fertilizer. And he's like, this system that you got going here is, is awesome because it's like, you know, drill and drive away. Now we had, it helps to have a couple guys too. You yeah, know? of course. So Brian was on, on the fields that we needed to spray, which wasn't every field, but a few of them were like, yeah, you know, our deer browse has gotten really heavy. So um, it's just, it's with the drought on top of really heavy deer browse, you know, we had to um, kind of do a couple of restarts, if you will. So, you know, he would be spraying and I'd be following, you know, maybe a field or two behind him. And then by the time I got to that field, he was in like, it was an hour later. And then I'm drilling that field, you know, so that helps speed up the process a lot versus a lot of guys are by themselves. But the thing with the drill, I will say is it's slower than general broadcasting, right? If you're just doing spray and broadcast, it's way slower, but your planting depth is more consistent. Your germination is better. Your amount of seed that you're going to have to use is less. Um, I've seen reduction in need for, for herbicide just because, um, you are a lot of times when you drill through it, I mean, you're laying it flat. So you have a really good, consistent, fl uh, flat seed mat. Um, you know, even if you follow up with mowing and stuff, a lot of it, you, you stuff you drill through does lay kind of flat. So, um, it's been a really good investment for, for us. And it only get, gets increasingly better. I think is the more acreage that you do, because imagine if you were broadcasting 15 acres, and then you, you had to bump it up because you're broadcasting. So now you're you're buying, you know, 26 acres. I don't know. You know what what's so you can see it, it gets exponentially more efficient for the more um acreage uh that you do. And the last thing I'll mention on that is like I don't want anybody to get discouraged if they're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of time because um one, we're not at a in a race, like we planned right. to be for a few days. And the other thing is. Our terrain is extremely rugged. If guys have seen any of the videos I've done, you look behind me. I mean, you can see the terrain is straight up and down. So like even getting the tractors to some of the fields, like you have to know what you're doing and like really take your time. Whereas like if we were on flat ground, I could probably plant a 15 acre open field in like a couple hours. Right. You know, so I don't, That's I don't true. want That's a good to, point. to get discouraged. Like there, there's erosion bumps on some of our pipelines. So like you drill up to it pick the drill up, drive over the bump, put the drill back down, just to try to reduce wear and tear on the machine, you know, um, or instead of running the longest way, you're running horizontal. So you're not going up and down erosion bumps to, you know, put wear and tear on the machine. There's a lot of little nuances specific to our process that I think a lot of other people could probably go quite a bit faster and plant quite a bit more. But, um, you know, for us, it, uh, it has worked out pretty well. No, I like that. And I'm glad you kind of went through that. It's interesting hearing, you know, the trials and tribulations of no-till drilling in the hills of Ohio, right? So it's cool to to kind of cover that and give people an idea on, you know, we're always talking about these food plots, you know, what are you, what are you doing? How are you doing it? You know, my my setup up north, all I have right now is a little power line to, to plant. It's flat um, because 
the timber hasn't started yet, but when I'm done, I should have, I think it was just under four acres uh, going in for next year, hopefully. And like this year, I, I went down the road, I borrowed my builder's tractor because mine's still down here at home. I drove that like four miles up the road with a disc on the back, hit that power line, just it up because it was full of like moss and, and stuff. Not a lot of sunlight's getting that power line. So it's okay to, to screw around with right now, but so I, I dissed all that up, dissed it in. Um, we'll talk about a product coming up here on this podcast that I dissed in. And then, uh, man, I <laughs> we're packed to the gills for camping, right? I got kayaks in my truck. I got bike rack hanging off the back of the RV. I don't have a, any room even for my chest spreader or my cult packer, my Packer Max. So I bring a hand spreader for this little power line doing a, a quarter acre. That thing breaks in the first two minutes of me using it. <laughs> so now I have another one of our brand new products, um, coating all the seed in the bag. I'm using my hand and I'm broadcasting with my hand. I, can, I got a little rhythm going left to right yeah. and I can kind of sp- spread it out pretty good. And then I hit it back again the other way. So I crisscross, make sure I got it covered. I'm covered, you know, just with seed and, and everything else. So then no call to packer. Like, all right, well, I, the kids get the kids down or grab the F-150. I turn on some Luke Combs and I use the truck tires back and forth and pack that thing in so tight and perfect. Took me about about a half hour. Um, And man, that was on Thursday night. We left on Friday. I got back there the following Friday and we had, uh, we had rye grain that was three inches. We had clover popping. We had um, some buckwheat already popping up. So within a week I had three inches of growth on certain species of that with that situation. I'm just going to call that the redneck planting method compared to what we just talked about with you. So guys, I'm the bottom of the barrel. Al's further up towards the top and you can do anything in between. Just get the yeah. job done. That's, oh, absolutely. That was mine there, buddy. So. That's awesome, man. But you know what? It's I'm going to be planting a, a, a farm tomorrow, you know, and, and just I've done some videos on that particular place too. You know, we got a, a little... 25 horsepower, you know, tractor and, you know, no drill, just, just going to be broadcasting. We got a sprayer and um, we're going to take it, take inventory. We might just do a broadcast and mow. Um, we might spray, you know, just kind of see what we get into and, and make it work. Um, you know, one thing I, I will also share with guys who are in the market for a no-till drill, and I don't know how many guys are or not, so I'll keep it brief, but some other things to consider is like for us, um, the drill I have is a three-point mount because I don't have real big fields, right? So I only I have decently, you know, a few acres, but because of the terrain and odd shape and stuff of them, which I like for for deer and stuff, it's awesome. But I want to maximize what I can plant. So by having that three-point, I can back up, you know, right to the edge of a hedgerow or a tree line and drop it and go straight, and then back up again and drop it and go straight. Um, I don't have like a lot of room in some places to have something where I'm towing. But if you have big open fields, um, oh, and, and one other thing about the three, you know, three-point hitch like that, when it's tied to your tractor, any type of turning is putting a lot of pressure. You know, they're made to go straight. So any type of turning is putting a lot of pressure on your cultures, on your double discs, on your closing wheels, et cetera. Um, not that you'd want to turn with one that you're towing in tow mode or in, in drill mode, but those typically have a hydraulic hose that you can hit pretty quickly. It raises it up on the two drive wheels or tow wheels, and you can whip around and then put it back down pretty quickly as well. Um, so it might be something to consider if you do have larger open fields, If you either if you're renting one or um, if you're looking to buy one. 
what makes sense for, for you, depending on what you're doing. Maybe it's a tow model would be a little bit easier. Um, some of those come in like eight foot or 10 foot, again, more expensive a lot of times, but maybe it, you'll get more done and you can get it done really quickly. Um, or if you're in a situation like us, limited acreage, unusual shapes, that three point, I love it, but it does slow you down a little bit because you're not going to be able to just whip around if you will. Yeah. Yep. I can see myself going with a three point um based on my situation but like you said i think Corey has a uh rental eight foot toe behind or seven foot toe behind so yeah whatever you can guys do to get the job done that's that's super interesting and um i like to dive into more you know no-till drill stuff in the future definitely in the market for one uh need a spot to use it though first so i'm not jumping the gun yet all right well let's keep moving i know we mentioned a couple things there we mentioned um some new products from vitalize now We've been working on new products for months now, if not over a year on some of these items and doing the right amount of testing is always clutch and key. So which one do you want to have first, buddy? Well, I was trying to see what our notes said here. And um, gosh, we have, well, we have quite a few products. I guess one we'll start on is is the Seed Armor Plus. Um, so that is one that we've been selling and also um, adding with our seed. Um, it will be next year um, by spring. The pouch is going to be just, we went back and forth on how this was going to be done, um, but it is going to be inside of the bag. So it might slide down to the bottom. <laughs> so, you you know, it's not going to already be open. It's like the prize in your Cracker Jacks box, exactly. right? You got to find it. Perfect. Yeah. You might have to shake it around a little bit, but it'll be in the bag and that's going to be the safest way to um, to transfer it. Of course, we're still going to be selling individuals for anybody who's buying you know, buying a different mix, making their own mix. If they want to use it on their garden starts, like I, I use some of my, you know, tomato starts, things like that. You can go ahead and, and still order that and just put a little bit of that powder on there. Um, absolutely, it's not going to hurt. Um, so just for, for clarity purposes, if people aren't familiar, that's Seed Armor Plus. We went out, it took us a lot. I think we were looking at it, looking for this before we even started the company, but I, I could be wrong. But we were looking for a broad spectrum rhizobium cover crop inoculant. And there was a few things out there that were kind of marketed or sold towards this broad spectrum. But then when you kind of dug into it with people a lot smarter than us, uh, they would say, well, yeah, except the hemp, right? And I don't remember the specifics, but they would leave out like what, two or three legumes on each, each particular mix. And it's like, well, I don't want one that covers the peas and and but not the beans or the beans and not the peas right. or the peas and not the hemp or I want something that covers all of them. Can't we mix them all together and let let the bacteria play nice and, and make this work? And it took a long time. I mean, it took a long time, and finally um, we were able to do that. And we wanted to then add our own additional spin. With that being, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion around humix and fulvic acids and the benefits of that from seed germination to to root establishment. <clears throat> to higher CEC, so holding nutrients close to the seed. And, and we wanted to add that as an addition um, you know, to our products at, at no cost to, to our customers. So all of our distributors have the packets. When you buy seed from them, they give it to you. Next year, it's going to be inside the bags for both distributors and um, online. That way, it's just less handling for everybody. Um, so that's, that's our first product. Um, so what that really is doing is just making sure that the bacteria is in the soil, right? So you're going to get that end fixation. You're going to get it quickly, right? We're not going to have to wait a long time, even if the bacteria is there for it to get right to the seed. Um, so yeah, when the most, seed germinates and sprouts, boom, it's right, right. there. The bacteria is right there. It's, it's coated on the seed because you mixed it up. You followed the instructions. 
Um, the humix is right there on the seed to help with that seed germination, you know, water retention, all of those different things that humic acid is known to do and help get, get that young seedling established. Um, so, so that's one benefit um, of that. You know, some guys will say, well, inoculation, um, I think it was on Michigan Sportsman, and I had to do some research. It was a good good point. Like, well, I don't think inoculation will necessarily help with seed establishment. Um, but humix is known to help with germination and seed establishment, but inoculation will it. And it always comes back, which I thought was interesting after doing some additional research, is why does the inoculation help legumes from a healthy perspective? And it comes down to stress tolerance. So if a legume is growing, they want to start to fix nitrogen. That's very normal for them. And if they have to work very hard to get that nitrogen source, and then there's stress-induced circumstances, drought, browse, et cetera, um, it's just more stressful now to the plant because they're trying to fix their own nitrogen for their own use. And now they have to work hard to get that symbiotic relationship you know, going. So there's, there's an argument to be had. I don't know how well and strong doc, strongly documented it is, but even with having that right on the seed that you're reducing stress, right? It's a stress mitigator, if you will, or as we like to say, it's an insurance policy to yeah. help with those seeds. Um, so that is our current product and something that we are, excuse me, I think except water, something that we're currently working on now to make sure that our customers um, get the best, you know, jumpstart out of the gate with the products. Introducing Downburst Seeders. Guys, Downburst Seeders deliver precision small seed spreading for all of your food plot and screening needs. They are lightweight, durable, and easy to maneuver. I met Doug up at his house and we tested a Downburst Seeder in his garage, reweighed the amount of seed, did the math, and they are extremely accurate. If you're trying to plant small seeds, clovers, brassicas, rape, you know, it takes the guesswork out of cover cropping. I mean, the proper seed rate for alfalfa, switchgrass, any other small seeds. Check them out today at downburstseeders.com. We do have a code if you're a Habitat podcast listener, there's HP10. Eliminate the seed waste. It's ground wheel driven, very accurate, very light, aluminum, can throw it in the bed of your truck. Check them out, guys. We already have listeners purchasing these products. Doug at downburstseeders.com will be happy to answer any questions you have. They are literally a piece of art made here in Northern Michigan. And I used that when I was doing my um, my hand broadcast method. I had my seed covered in that. And uh, I mean, germination was spread off the bat. So I think that Seed Armor Plus that is on the website, guys, already, if you do not use Vitalized Seed, that is still available to you for whatever seed of your choice. Uh, we want, again, we want to be a solutions um, you know, problem solving type company where we're offering help to cycle nutrients. So it's on there under Seed Armor Plus. So yeah, I think that's uh, great, is, man. Is it Dylan? Uh, Dylan Major, I believe yeah. is his name. Yeah. I think he sent me a picture um, or sent us a picture, and, and uh, he's like, "Dude, two days," and he had germination. And uh, I mean, obviously, I know I know we source the very best and freshest seeds possible and everything. And I'm like. But still, two days, that was that was really impressive, um, you know, and, and not in a germ test, but it actually in an environment, you know, in, in a field. So it was really cool to see. So we got the Seed Armor Plus. Let's move to the, the seed feed next. You know, it, it may seem like a similar product, but it's really covering a different base, right? Yeah. So we have a lot to cover on this. So I'll try to do it quickly. So we wanted to, as always, I mean, we're always learning. Um, and we're trying to learn, not trying to, we are learning often from people far outside of what I would say is like the whitetail world. Um, so, you know, we have 
two or three different people that we really talk to who are either certified agronomists or PhD soil scientists. Um, and we're doing a ton of testing. I mean, I have Excel files that, you know, about making go cross-side looking at all this data. Um, and that's important to us, right? Because we don't want to sell anything that we're not seeing good responses from. So, and then we have tons of growers from, well, who did testing for us, I would say from Ohio to Iowa, um, to Pennsylvania, I mean, all over the place, right? That are on Michigan doing different testing for us on, on products and, uh, and getting, getting the results back or, or seeing if there is results, right? And the seed feed was a product that I was very intrigued by because I, I really like this idea of, of seed treatments, right? Or, or seed coatings, um, if you will, but not in the sense of like a, a antifungal coating or something yes. like that, but a, a coating that we can add, we can control the density at which it's added. Um, and it's really, it's a small amount of product. So it looks seed feed and seed armor partner really, really well. Seed armor, think of that as your biological primer, getting the seed going. Seed feed is a mixture of natural soluble nutrients. So hence the feed that the plants are going to need to get that jump start. So the seed um, seedling is started by that seed armor. It's going into the ground. It's getting pumped pumping into the biological network that we're working to stimulate here at Vitalize Seed. And just to give it a bump, instead of dumping 200, 300, 400 pounds of fertilizer on this field, right? We're gonna have these seeds dusted with seed feed, as we like to call it, which has you know a little bit of soluble nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, humix, calcium, et cetera, some other things in there as well. And they're in soluble forms. So now you have the seed that started it's good Lord willing, you got some rain, the seeds cracked, it got good germination with the addition of the seed armor. And now it has these soluble nutrients that are right there to give that seed a jump out of the ground. Um, unfortunately, that is not a overly inexpensive product to produce. So that's not one we can offer for free. That would be an additional product. Um, I think we're selling it. It's I don't even think it's on the website quite yet, but it will be probably in a day or so. It's going to be like $24.99, Jared, I think is what we said. I don't and recall then, we said on that. I think we I did. Think we said $24.99, um, and that's free shipping. So $24.99 to your door. Um, one packet covers up to 50 pounds of seed. And if you'd like, Jared, I can talk a little bit about what some of the nutrient values um, we saw in pounds per acre when using seed feed. Yeah, let's let's do that. So let's hit that. So how big were the packets? Were those they are four ninety nine? And that that's a is a four ounce packet. So treats four ounce packet, yeah, up to fifty up. pounds of seed that'll cover. Yes, exactly. And you don't need a lot, right? So you're just dusting this with um with this powder. It's just getting enough that's right there on the roots. And and there are some research that I was really intrigued by by Dr. Christine Jones. Who had talked about with if you if you put too much nitrogen, for example, on a food plot, you really can reduce photosynthetic energy capture from the plants, right? We've talked about that before. So basically, what happens is the plants are being forced force fed this this synthetic to the point where they no longer photosynthesizing at a maximum rate because they don't really need to to have a communication with the microbial system because they have everything they need, right? It's just like injecting your body with testosterone. Your body stops producing testosterone because it's like, well, that was easier. Like, yeah. just give me that, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> what we're trying to do, though, and Dr. Christine Jones mentions this in, in one of her various uh, webinars or, or um, articles that she's written is 
they did see a really strong microbial response at a certain amount. And it was like between five and 20 pounds of nitrogen per acre added as an additive. So whether that be an efficient emulsion or, or something like our seed feed, et cetera, they actually saw a strong microbial response, which we know is good because if you have a strong microbial response, that means additional nutrients in your soil profile are going to be available for your plant uptake, right? Through all okay. of the different things we talk about, rhizophagy cycle and all this um, crazy biological um, information. But in general, all we're trying to do is give that plant a little bit of an additional stimulation to get that good root system started. Um, you know, one that I love about the seed feed is it has, it's just, has a soluble phosphorus in it. Phosphorus is marketing, is marked low, excuse me, on a lot of folks' soil tests. Although we know there's a massive phosphorus bank in most soils, specifically those with a higher CEC, um, it tends to not be very available unless you get biology stimulated. So by getting a little bit of phosphorus right on that seedling while it's starting and, and giving it that pump for good root establishment, as well as the potassium and the nitrogen, of course, um, but, but those can be added in foliar sprays and things like that as well. But by getting all those together right there to get that really strong root system started with the humix and everything that we talked about, you get that plant off to a really good start. But that wasn't good enough. We wanted to test it. Yeah. Tell so me the numbers. There's a lot here. So I'm not going to go through every single. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk some averages. Um, so compared to the control, this is all compared to the controls. Um, and, and before we go into there, we did these tests and had who help with the results. So like, what lab? Yeah. We have Ward Labs, right? Yeah. We had Ward Labs help with all of the tests, um, interpretation of the tests. Yep. Um, how to do the testing, et cetera. Yep. Got so, it. Step uh, one. All right. Yeah. And the findings after all the tests were done. Yeah. And um, it will probably put, I, I don't know, when I get a chance to breathe, I, I'm probably going to try to put this <laughs> in some type of a blog or something for people to to review, um, you know, and, and to kind of digest it because it might be hard to just listen to it, but hopefully I can make sense of it for you all. So um, we saw an increase when using the seed feed at, a, again, four ounces per 50 pounds of seed. Um, the nitrogen in the plant tissue was an, uh, this is addition to the control, okay? So the nitrogen addition to the control was 59.83 pounds just in the plant tissue. So that's the plant itself above ground. Just right, correct. No, we're not We're not talking any, that's gonna be another podcast for another day. We'll get into <laughs> how the soil and the plant tissue all correlated because I do have that data. Um, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, the CO2 burst. So that's CO2 respiration for anybody not familiar with it. Um, that's a, essentially a qualitative measurement of microbial activity in your soil. This is the difference from the control was up 130 units. So 130 in and of itself would be like a pretty high CO2 burst. Um, and it actually increased by 130 units to the control where the seed treatment um, or seed feed, excuse me, was used. Our plant phosphorus increased by 15 pounds and our plant potassium increased by 141 pounds per acre. So that wow. data does get ex extrapolated out. You don't obviously cut down a whole acre and send in the biomass. Um, so... But basically what we saw is about a 30% increase in available nutrients, um, or if we put that at total macros, um, there was about a 647, 48 pounds 
of additional uh, macronutrients in the plant biomass above ground solely. For a dusting of a product for $24.99 on up to I just miss, I just misspoke and I apologize. Um, the total macros available, I did include on that um, the soil, but just the, the additional soil because we saw those nutrients increase as well um, by numerous values. Um, but just for, for talking purposes of this, um, I, I don't want to go into all of them because it, it's, yeah, it, it'll, this would be a very long podcast, but, um, but th that included the soil as well. So yeah, for dusting, we saw a massive increase in, in nutrient availability. Yeah. That's impressive uptake, guys. I should say. Not, a, not just availability, but uptake. And I think the key there is because of our one, two system. Now we're terminating that, be it mowing, be it roller crimper, be it just drilling and letting it naturally die through the life cycle of the plant. And that's all going back into the soil, you know, or in this, in the examples of, of where we took soil testing at, which we did a bunch of that as well and did the soil health assessments. That's how we got the um, CO2 burst, but that's all within six inches. So all of that was within six inches. And again, those numbers were above the control value. So there was already stuff there. Um, but again, I'll just run through these numbers quick from a percentage basis, Sherrod. I think this might some might find this interesting. So in the plant nitrogen, we saw 115% increase compared to the control. In the soil nitrogen, we saw about a 31% increase. So the total nitrogen availability between plant and soil was an 80% increase compared to the control. The CO2 burst was a 40% increase over the um, over the control. The phosphorus was 58% in the plant. In the soil, we had about a 5% increase in the, so the total plant phosphorus, again, phosphorus known for really being bound up, right? Even Malik 3s can show very low levels of, of phosphorus availability. And we increased our total phosphorus between plant and soil by um, 10, uh, almost 11%, 10 and three quarter percent. Um, and the plant, the plant potassium was up over uh, over 100%. Wow. So, and the, I think I just did that right. I had forgotten to do the uh, soil potassium was up about 23 or 24%. I just had to drag over my formula. So hopefully that calculated right. Um, but the, the main point is, is, you know, for, for $25 to dust this on your seed, to just give them that good start and put the nutrients right on the seed, right? And then we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're innovating based on our not, you know, our accumulated knowledge, and then talking with folks who are really, really brilliant and intelligent, and work with growers who are trying to maximize output. It's like, well, how are farmers growing 180 bushel corn in Southeast Georgia in low CEC soils? Well, one of the things they do is they foliar feed through a pivot. Okay, we can't really take advantage of that for most growers in, in our situation. What's the next thing they can do? Well, you know, when they're when they're planting, they're worried about seeding depth. Well, we we try to focus on you know guys no tilling and planting green and things like that. But that's not what are some other things? Well, they use liquid um, starters or biological seed coats or all these different things. And hey, are you guys seeing benefits of that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we are. Right, and it keeps getting better and better. So I mean, we're trying to take things that have been proven, do our own testing to make sure that it's going to work in our environments. And then go ahead and then, you know, be innovative in the sense of bringing that to the markets that we work with, which is food plotters, small scale farmers, a lot of flower farmers now that we've been working with more and more, um, a lot of home gardeners and even market gardeners, right? These people who are super interested about soil health and maximizing outputs, but also at the same time, focused on soil health and reducing the number of kind of commercial grade inputs.
Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, it's really part of our, our program, right? We're, we're getting off of synthetic fertilizers and, and inputs, you know, we're increasing the nutrient uptake and nutrient cycling of our, our food plots, our plant cycles. Um, we're building better soil. We're, we're really just part of our niche here and getting the best, healthiest, most efficient program that we can provide. And this is part of that. Absolutely. And I mean, I just want to tell people too, like, even if you decide, yeah, I just don't want to spend that extra $25. Listen, I get it. I mean, there's, you know, everybody's money is important and we have families and kids and 25 bucks is 25 bucks. We also do testing on just controls. So we had people testing from Michigan to Ohio, to Southern Ohio, to I don't know if we have four or five tests, you know, and I, I just want to share these data, this data, excuse me. Um, so these are, this is average, but these are varying soil types, planting methods, planting styles, et cetera. The average plant biomass, so above ground, let's say an inch above ground, just in the plant of the Nitro Boost this year was 81.22 pounds per acre. The phosphorus was almost 37, let's say 30, 36 and a little bit more than three quarters. And your potassium uptake was 200 pounds. Um, again, so these are various soil types, various planting methods, and they were all very close as far as um, I think the highest was like almost 100 pounds of N and the lowest was... 70, something like that. I can't find it here on my on my mess of an Excel sheet. Six, I think it was 66. Um, and these are soils that, to my knowledge, um, have never had fertilizer or have not had fertilizer put on them in, in recent years. And we're still seeing those type of results. Excuse me. So your your lowest was around 70 on N, um, 65 to 70 on N. Uh, and the highest was up to 100 pounds without the uh, seed treatment and such. So we expect those numbers with seed armor and seed treat to go even further and, and really continue to pump um, biological activity. And as we stimulate the and cycle these nutrients and control deer browse and good, good rainfalls, right, which Mother Nature always is, is in charge, ultimately, we'll see these things even further be able to be um, not only quantify, but really we'll see the quality as well and be able to qualify. Wow, look at the, the, the amount that we're doing and then we can, you know, how good it looks, I should say, the, the structure, dig a, you know, put a shovel in the dirt and then also really looking at, um, at the, we'll be able to quantify it as well. well. You know, we plan to continue to do this so we can share this type of information because I don't know about you, maybe, I, I mean, I find it fascinating to see the numbers at the levels they are because I've always known from a quality standpoint, I can grow really good fields with limited inputs, understanding carbon to nitrogen ratios, right? I, I mean, I've been doing it for years, Jared, and, you know, turned other people onto it like this stuff. So, and then we form this company and we get amazing feedback, but to sit down and look at the numbers and be like, it's gosh, damn, that's just above ground biomass. So then you take your ward, you know, you, it, we like ward, but you take your soil test and like ward gives you your six inch nitrate reading. So that's the that's the nitrogen that's ready right now. You take that and you look at the, the 80 pounds of a lower carbon nitrogen mix being our, our nitro boost. So you know a lot of that's going to get broken down fast. You start looking at this nitrogen, you're planting your brassicas into it. You're like, dang, I don't need to add any. Like it's <laughs> it's it's there. So for 25 bucks, you add a little bit on the seed and all of a sudden you're off to the races. You see what I'm saying? Like it it really makes I hope the listeners enjoy it as much as uh, as much as you and I do, because I know when we were talking about it, it's like 
I was really in, blown away with the data. Yeah. And that's what we, that's, you know, I remember when you got that test back and you started going over the numbers and we had our call about it. Like there's just some eye opening numbers there to really put the proof in the pudding. And we're going to keep down this road and keep down this, this product innovating and you know honing in our system to be even better and better and better. And it's just one of those products that the numbers didn't lie. So absolutely. Anything else on the seed feed before we move to our next new product? I no, I mean not not for this. I, I don't want yeah. to get too long winded. Not, I mean, there's so much data there, um, and obviously anybody can reach out to us anytime, and we can. I was just going to say that have a call, text, Facebook message, Instagram message, um, and, and we can kind of explain this further. Hopefully, it was at least as clear as soil <laughs> coming yeah. across. There. Yeah, um, yeah, healthy soil. That's right. right. The next new product, which is available and shipping as well, is our Vitalize Micros, our micronutrient, yeah. um, our 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 bag of the missing link in however many hundreds of soil tests, thousands that you know we've gone through at Vitalize Seed. Let's talk about the Vitalize Micros. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So, um, what I a, a few things. After looking at, I mean, I have one literally on my desk right here that I, I just went through for a gentleman today. I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he, he wants me to share it or not, but um, real nice gentleman, customer, vitalized customer. And um, he got his Ward soil test back. And, you know, Ward does a nice job because they give you your, your sulfur and your calcium base and, or base saturations. And they also give you your um, micronutrients. They use DTPA extraction. Not that you need to know that, but just... Um, <clears throat> For talking purposes, they also give you all the other typical things that you get on a soil test. And after going through these and various other labs, right, that actually give your micronutrients, and my own included, guys, like this is not, um, I'm not, I, I don't get off on it like this. I mean, I, I also was low in a lot of my micronutrients. And there's a famous uh, doctor, I think from the 1800s, but it's called Liebig's Law, if anybody wants to look it up. And Liebig's is, law is the law of the minimum. And you might have seen it before. It's a bucket and has a bunch of nutrients around it. And if you don't fulfill the lowest hole in the bucket, the water runs out of the bottom, right? So we want to try to maximize this. But the nice thing about micros is like this particular product is, is all natural, right? It, it's approved for organic use even. Um, if I don't think we have any organic. Well, we might. We've done a couple of organic orders, I think, actually, for, so for some guys who had... Uh, cattle farms and stuff. And they had a, the farm was registered organic. They were putting in food plots and had to meet that. So we've done some organic stuff um, here and there, you know? Uh, so if you do need that, always, always give us a call or email if it needs to be quote unquote, or, you know, approved for organic, but this product is, um, and we're trying to maximize what we're achieving and minimize the cost per acre. So it's 99.99 on the website. That's for 45 pounds. And you're putting 20 to 25 pounds down per acre. You, I mean, you don't need a lot of micros. The reason being is um, it's also based in humics. So we use a humic base. Again, there's so much good data on how much and what a vital role humics plays in soil health. A lot of your fertilizers now are based in humics, um, be it foliar or, or even organics. So we wanted to add that. We also added gypsum. What is gypsum? You know, it's been used forever. I think Benjamin, there's a book I read, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin was using it um, on his alfalfa back, you know, 1770s, right? So, and he noticed that it was sweeter and the cows would do better. Um, but gypsum is calcium sulfate. 
So you hit your calcium and your sulfur, which are kind of your second uh, secondary nutrients. Um, and then the rest is going to be your primary, what we see as primary uh, micronutrients that are low. And after consulting with, again, folks a lot smarter than us, we did decide to leave iron off. Um, iron is high in most soil tests that we see or adequately available. Um, but the things that aren't are things like zinc, um, manganese, copper, and boron. Um, you know, a lot of the farming podcasts, if anybody listens to those, they'll talk boron and zinc a lot. Um, in areas where you do have really high potassium or, excuse me, phosphorus, um, zinc tends to be very unavailable uh, and get, get tied up. And there are those occasions as well. So it's important to get those kind of lower the whole bucket. This is not a product where you're going to be putting it on every time you're planting, guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. We want to sell product, but we want to do what's best for a grower and for the soil as well. So this is one of those products, you know, you get a soil test, you talk to us, or they tell you, oh, you're low in some micros. You can kind of hit them all at once. You can put it in with your line. You could disc it in. Um, you could put it in in the winter. You could put it in at time of planting. It's not going to make that big of a difference because this is more of that long-term play, just like when we talk to a lot of growers about base saturations, right? That's not a yield driver for that growing season, but more so that long-term play for soil health and maximizing soil biology. And that's why we wanted to come out with this product. And uh, I'm excited about it. I think it's just a really good product. I think it fits our niche. We, we've done quite a few. I think most of those orders so far have gone to people who are actually growing for for profit, which being the flower farmers are, are buying quite a bit of that right now. Um, but that's a, a new product. It's on the website. We do have inventory of it. Um, and uh, it's it's shipping out, guys. So we're really excited about that product. Yeah, it's easy to work it in the ground, too. Like, I just use my ATV spreader. Um, I dumped the, the bag in there and, and let it rip. And I know that, you know, like you said, 20 to 25 pounds per acre. One bag covers up to two acres. And this is something that, again, micronutrients, you're filling the lowest hole in the bucket, not something you need to add all the time. So like we always talk about, we're trying to be most efficient with our system, get the most out of it. Al says maximize the system. That's what we're doing. And we're going to continue to learn and offer products that will help make the best, most efficient, maximizing, maximum running system that we can. Um, getting us off of, you know, the way we used to be doing things Absolutely. with the, with the, um, synthetic, synthetic inputs and all that. So yeah, just, you know, three great brand new products, guys, you know, a lot of folks are asking us when's the next seed mix coming out, things like that. And our mind has really been on getting what we have out there, our one, two system better than anything. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want to really take advantage of what we have going here and, it's working so well for so many people and we're getting such tremendous feedback and we're really focused on maximizing our the quality of the these new products, right? And the availability of the products, right? You know, you can't just bring a new product and not have it available. Like we want it to be available for people. We want to keep ourselves available to help a lot of our growers. Like those are kind of our niches where we're helping a lot of folks. And I'll put, say about all this stuff, guys, it's like with the micros, more is not better. You don't need to go and say, well, well, if 50 pounds on an acre is good, I'm going to put 100 pounds. Don't do that. Yes, we like seeing orders come through, but I don't want you to just foolishly um, apply. This is filling a hole in the bucket, 20, 25 pounds. As always, soil test. 
I would rather have you spend two or three years soil testing and go, you know, I think I do need to give them just another little nudge than, hey, I'm going to go put down 300 pounds of these micros per acre and, and be done with it. Um, so just some things to keep in mind, guys, we're still, we're not only trying to maximize our system, we're trying to maximize your dollars as well. We want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck and you feel educated and, and informed on the decisions that you're making for the soil health on your farm or your property or whatnot. Well said, man. Well said. Those are the, those are the brand, brand new ones. Um, anything we missed on those three products there, anything you wanted to cover in addition to that? No, I mean, the only other thing I would want to want to touch on quickly um is our uh, our tanio products so those have done really really well for us a lot of folks have seen some of the posts i've made on those products um spectrum plus mycos are really want really cool one i like to talk about um so how does that differ from the products we talked about today those are very heavily biological focused um in particularly the spectrum plus myco is going to work on getting the biology in the soil that's going to help with uh p and k solubility in the soil profile but it also has a mycorrhizal fungi inoculant. So if you are doing tillage, guys, that's a product I would recommend. It's like 50, 45 or 50 bucks an acre. So it's not real inexpensive. 45, free shipping. 45. So that's in that, you know, to your door. But that's a product I'm using on my farm. Um, and I've been really happy. I'm using it on my tomatoes. I use it actually if I plant an apple tree, I'll throw in a scoop or two around the roots. Or you can... Um, dissolve it in water and do a root soak before you plant the tree. There's a lot of ways to use the product, um, but it's more of that biological element. I use that one um, through the drill. I put that powder right in there with everything else that we just discussed. I'm using probably every other planting right now, um, just because again, it is not the cheapest product on the market, um, but I do like the results that I'm getting. I, I showed some examples where I used it on a logging deck I pulled up and you can see the mycelium in that root structure um, that was that was really impressive and really good. So that's one that I will continue to um, talk about. And we can probably do another podcast someday. Is that why does mycorrhizal fungi matter, right? Or why do you want fungal networks in your in your system? Um, and then the other product is that Micro 5000. That does have uh, some seaweed extract in it. So you can spray it uh, or you could use it as a seed coat. It basically will act as a potassium source. Uh, you can also spray it. So it has bacteria in there, living microbes in there that basically work as endophytic bacteria. Endophytes are bacteria that live on the outside of the plant. Um, so just think of it that way. And it helps from a communication and stress mitigation standpoint. We have a little blurb from the seat. I think it was the CEO or the president of Tenio kind of explaining what those do. But basically what it's doing is it's helping that plant to communicate with the microbial system below the surface. And then to bring those nutrients back in through Dr. James White's rhizophagia cycle. So really high level stuff, but all you need to know is that it is beneficial. I've been using it on my tomatoes. I've used, used it on my yard. I've used it at the farm. I've been really happy with the results um, so far. I've sprayed it on there. And uh, honestly, I mean, I've seen uh, everything from lawn grass to tomatoes green up um, pretty quickly, almost like a nitrogen response. Um, and there's no nitrogen in the product. So it's just a biological response, which is is pretty cool. Um, pretty cool to see. So that's another nice product. We like working with those guys. They're full of, uh, of a lot of information and we're going to continue to offer those products as well. Well said, buddy. All these products are under the natural amendments part of our website at vitalizeseed.com. Again, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. You know, we're on all kinds of different podcasts this year talking about, you know, how our system works, these products, 
not just the Habitat podcast, but but others, you'll, you'll hear us around. And really, if you're the guy that just wants to go throw seed on the dirt and pack it in, that's awesome. If you want to go to the other end of the spectrum, that's great too. If you're being in the middle, wherever you're at in your journey, you know, we're here to help. So if you need to, if you want that next step in, in a certain direction, you know, working your way into a more efficient system, you know, check us out at Vitalize Seeds. So Al, that's about all I had, buddy. I know we got more stuff in the hopper. We're still testing new products. We just, we want to make sure that everything is ready to go before we even talk about it or launch it or have it on the website for sale. So guys, there's more on the hopper coming um, and we're going to continue doing this for years to come. So any yeah. questions, please reach out, please let us know. And uh, we're happy to help. Yeah. Jared, as always, thanks, man. I would just do a quick uh, ask for anybody who does like this, is, is following Vitalize Seed, is happy with what we're doing. If you could you know, like and follow our page and um, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever you're on, um, obviously that helps us to grow so we can do this. You know, we're spending, um, not complaining because we want to bring the best information as possible, but we're spending a lot of money on on testing and and doing the, the tissue test and trying to go above and beyond to quantify the stuff that uh, that not only looks good in the field from quality, but we're trying to quantify that data. So anything you can do, even sharing or liking or subscribing to a page, guys, is super, is super helpful. And then also making sure that uh, if you do have questions, like Jared said, let us help you come up with a solution for your property. Uh, we have guys who like, they don't want to use any herbicide. So we've come up with a plan where they're using light tillage. Um, and maybe that's where we say, hey, use that spectrum plus myco more frequently. The guy that's only no-tilling because the no-till is going to be geared a little bit more towards fungal networks anyways, because you're not disrupting that channel. Whereas this other guy doesn't want to use herbicide though. So, so you see what I'm saying? Like we're going to meet you where you're at and help to explain things and take as much time as you need with us um, or with you and really make sure that you're successful, at least within our power. We can't control rain. Um, we're, we're hoping to to write a letter to Mother Nature on that one, but hopefully we can do as much as we can to uh, to help you guys out. And truly, 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 the best part is getting to meet you all and talk with you all. And thank you everybody for the great feedback, for the messages, emails, customer reviews, and of course the business. Um, Jared, as always, thanks for having me on, buddy. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Al. Thank you very much for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Guys, we will be back with another great episode next week. I just wanna say once again, how grateful we are for the listenership we have and the the loyal listeners you guys have been and supporters of the podcast. For those of you who want to support further, we have free decals being sent out to those who leave us great reviews. Scroll down, hit the link to leave a great review, and then email me info at habitatpodcast.com. I'll get you a free five-inch decal in the mail right away. Guys, I want to thank our sponsors, Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Cultipackers, Morse Nursery, Acres.com, Downburst Cedars, First Light, United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.